The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Alex Gonzalez about her ceremony at the Wedding Pavilion and reception at the Grand Floridian with an after party in Hollywood Studios. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she planned everything and how her plans changed due to COVID-19 and how everything turned out. So welcome, Alex. Hi, Carrie. How are you? I am great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and relive our wedding day. <laughs> now, how did you guys decide that you wanted to have your wedding at Disney? So this was probably one of the easiest decisions out of our whole process. We, well, I sh I say we, but my love of Disney probably started this thought process of having a Disney wedding. I kind of grew up going to Disney with my family and my husband actually lived in California um, for a part of his childhood. So he was more familiar with Disneyland. Our first trip together to Disney was actually in 2014, which in my mind took a while for us to get there because we're actually high school sweethearts. So didn't make it to Disney for a while, but the more I looked into a Disney wedding, I was surprised at how comparable it was cost-wise to a wedding back at home, um, which is Massachusetts for us. So how did your friends and family react when they found out where the wedding was going to be? Definitely not surprised. We got a few laughs and a few, oh, really? Are you sure? Like, Disney, that's expensive, but we... To kind of please some family members, we did look at a few venues up here, but really our hearts were just pulling us to Disney the whole time, and that's where it ended up all happening. <laughs> now, was the day that you ended up getting married the day you originally planned, or did it get pushed back due to COVID-19? It was our original date. We hung in until as long as we possibly could, communicating back and forth with Disney, and 11, 10, 20 was our original date, never changed. We had gotten engaged. It would have been almost three years. So we were kind of ready to just have our wedding. And even with the restrictions, we wanted to stick to our original date. And we're very happy and grateful that we did. That's great. Now, how many guests did you invite? And were you able to have that entire amount? Or did you have to cut it down because of the restrictions on how many guests you can have at the venues during COVID? So this was 
a challenge for sure. We, I come from a very big family. So our original guest list was about 140. And due to COVID, we were limited to 50. Mm. So that was a huge difference. The easy part of that was that a lot of people, I communicated with my entire 140 guest list from the, you know, when COVID first started and that we were kind of sticking it out and seeing how things went. So a lot of people knowing that were upfront with us and were like, Hey, you know, we're not comfortable traveling, which we were totally understanding. So it kind of uh, fell into place with how many people we were allowed to have. And we ended up having 33 people make the trip. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, we were. And we had a relatively big wedding party. So I'd say that made up most of that number. But we still had some family and friends come down, which was awesome. Oh, good. Okay. Did you set up a room block for your guests? We did not. The reason we didn't do that is because a good amount of our guest lists are familiar with Disney and kind of know where they like to stay. And then the other half we knew weren't going to be staying on Disney property. So it just didn't make sense for us to um, set up a block. Got it. How did you initially choose the day of the week and time of day for your wedding? So, yeah, I feel like this is an odd combination. Um, We got married on a Tuesday and we did a noontime ceremony. And I'd say the main thing for choosing both of those things was probably cost. And we knew that people would be traveling anyways. So a day of the week didn't seem too important. So that's how we ended up with those choices. Okay. And how did you pick your ceremony, reception, and after-party venues? So I feel like the, well, the one thing that never changed was the ceremony. That was always going to be the wedding pavilion. We just are constantly in awe of it and how beautiful it is. So that was always a for sure thing for the ceremony. The reception changed quite a few times due to COVID and playing with the dessert party and no fireworks. It just kind of flip-flopped a lot. We ended up being in a Grand Floridian ballroom, which was not what I intended. We were thinking of doing the Whitehall patio, but because of COVID and the number 33 guests, they had to put us into ballrooms for spacing, social distancing. And... For the dessert party, it was actually always going to be Hollywood Studios because we were doing um, Fantasmic for fireworks, but no fireworks. So the location in Hollywood Studios changed from the Fantasmic patio to Pixar Alley, which was actually really, really cool and actually pretty glad that we ended up there. That's amazing. Did you add a ride mix in? We did. We did Tower of Terror. That was like one of my biggest, we have to do this Disney wedding, has to be Tower of Terror, and I'm so glad we were able to do it. Oh, that's great. Now, did you use any outside vendors for your event? Or I guess you probably weren't allowed to, right, except for personal floral? Yeah, we did not. I used Disney floral and captured by Elle for photo and video. But other than that, everything was through Disney. Okay. 
Now, did you offer any kind of entertainment at the reception? We did do characters. Um, we did Mickey and Minnie. And even with the social distancing and COVID guidelines and restrictions, I am so glad we had them. That was another Disney wedding element, which I really, that I really uh, didn't want to compromise on or give up. Um, you know, I think all 33 of our guests ended up taking a picture with Mickey and Minnie, which was awesome. We have so many fun pictures and um, they help us cut our cake standing, you know, six feet apart. They were like behind this plant barrier. So we couldn't touch them or hug them or, but they were behind us. So they're in our cake cutting photos. And I think that was it for entertainment. We did not do a DJ. Okay. Did you have a full like five hour reception? No. So our timeline was a little shortened because of not having a DJ and not having a ton of other entertainment other than the characters. But we did still do our first dances and the cake cutting and a sit down dinner. So. Got it. So you rented the sound system so that you could have the music for your dances and all that stuff. Yes, we actually um, asked one of our friends to kind of MC for us since we didn't have a DJ. She was awesome. She introduced everybody into the room, introduced our dances, and then we made a playlist that just we let run through the dinner portion. Oh, great. Do you have any menu items or cake flavors you would recommend? Yes, we loved all of our food. For hors d'oeuvres, we had bacon-wrapped scallops with the Thai chili glaze, and they were awesome. And then, let's see, for dinner, we did beef tenderloin, and we did it with a Bernays sauce, which is a question that I asked if we could do because I don't think it was in, like, Disney's food menu, and they were able to do it, so that was great. And then we had a bunch of different sides for people to choose from. One that stuck out to us was the risotto um, with no mushrooms because my husband is not a mushroom fan. <laughs> and then our cake, we did a two-tier cake and one layer was red velvet with cookies and cream or the gray stuff. And then the other layer was a lemon cake with raspberry jam. And I think I was more partial to the red velvet and the gray stuff. That was really, really good. <laughs> now, can you talk a bit about how the after party went with suddenly not having any fireworks and you were just kind of in the middle of the park? I know some people are wondering, you know, should I keep my dessert party if the fireworks aren't going to be back in time? I'd love to know how that worked for you. Yeah. So because our ceremony and reception wasn't in a park, we really wanted to give our guests a part of our day that would be in a park. So we were happy to still be able to go into Hollywood Studios, even without fireworks. You know, it didn't really dawn on me until it was happening that our guests were, we were walking through the park as the park was still open, which was kind of a surreal like experience. Like everybody was clapping and cheering for us. And it was like just this crazy feeling. And we walked all the way back to Pixar Alley where they had tables, assigned tables because of COVID for everybody to sit. And we had Mickey ice cream, Mickey pretzels, and... 
cheeseburger spring rolls and little Boston cream pies as kind of like, cause we're from Boston. So we had to throw that in there, but I think just like having that like theme park food made for the dessert party to be like something that we wanted to do too. Like a Mickey ice cream is something we always get every time we go to Disney. Same with the pretzels. I know you can do that stuff at your reception, but I think just playing into being in the park really made it worth it for us. And then also walking right over to Tower of Terror. So I think having a ride mix in, helped us still go on with the dessert party. If we didn't have that, I'm not sure if we would have done it without fireworks or anything like that. Um, But again, really cool experience to give your guests just being in a park. That's great. And was Pixar Alley something you requested or was it kind of like their, what they came up with when Fantasmic was not going to be around? Yeah, they came up with that. Um, They suggested Pixar Alley. I think they also suggested a location right next to Tower of Terror, but it was almost just like a blank canvas. Like there was nothing to see or look at. Like it didn't really like feel like it was like immersing you into Hollywood Studios, really. I want to say it might have been like the walkway to get to Fantasmic. So we were kind of like, eh, no, we'll... We'll spend a little extra time walking from Pixar back to the ride. But yeah, we're very happy with that suggestion. It worked out great. That's great. Oh, so you had to wear masks in Hollywood Studios even though you were there after it was closed? Yes. Yep. So I think our timeline, um, I can run through our timeline because like I mentioned, it was a little and, you know, the park hours are shortened because of COVID. So The way our timeline ran, I think we were in the park while it was just still open with people. So we did have to just, we were never alone. I see. Okay. Yeah. If you can give a timeline, that would be really helpful. Sure. The day didn't start too early. I think I got up at about six o'clock in the morning. Hair and makeup started at 730 And the girls had to be ready by 11. Um, Guys had to be ready by 1030 to take their photos. We did not do a first look. So we were being kept separate prior to the ceremony. And the ceremony started at noontime. Um, We had the wedding pavilion until 1 o'clock. And then from 1 to 2.15 was our pre-reception, which was supposed to be out at Sago Cay and Marina, but I <laughs> chose to get married during a hurricane tropical storm in addition <laughs> to the COVID pandemic. So that changed and ended up being uh, moved to Whitehall. So after the pre-reception from 2.30 to 5 was our reception in the Grand Floridian Salon 6 through 9. And the buses picked us up right outside um, of the Grand Floridian and took us over to Hollywood Studios where our dessert party was from 5.30 to 6.45. And then we walked over to Tower of Terror. So we rode that at about seven o'clock. Got it. Okay. Now, when you were planning, what were some of the most important aspects where you focused your attention or your budget? I would say the things that come to mind for what we focused on were definitely photography and videography. 
um, which we were so happy with um, captured by Elle and Bishop, part of her team did the video. They were so easy to work with and amazing. And then another important thing was our ceremony. Um, we really wanted to cater it to us and just throw in some unique elements, which I think we achieved because for our unity ceremony, we made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, <laughs> um, which was awesome because I don't think I ate a lot that morning. So it was nice to be able to take a bite of a sandwich <laughs> during her ceremony. Hot tip. <laughs> yes. Um, and the characters, you know, that definitely was a little bit of an expense, but we were happy to to put some of our budget toward having Mickey and Minnie be in attendance. Did you pick specific outfits for Mickey and Minnie? We did. Um, we chose, we wanted Mickey to have the, the black top hat. He just looks so dashing in it. So we had to have that. And I think we chose yellow. We were going back and forth between yellow and gold. But the gold, I don't know how to like really describe it. I, the yellow was just a little bit more soft and muted. Um, so we went with yellow. Okay, got it. Now, what aspects were less important where you saved your money or just your effort? Decor. This was something we definitely saved money on. The wedding pavilion, we just thought didn't really need much of anything. Um, it's beautiful as it is. I think any time of the day and we were able to with our floral that we did through Disney we had a couple of arrangements on the altar that they moved over to the reception for our sweetheart table so we definitely like reused some of the things in the wedding pavilion at our reception but a couple of costly things that we just didn't weren't important to us were an aisle runner um, and we kept the chairs that were in the, the salons. We didn't pay to upgrade those. And then I'd say the other thing was a DJ. With everything with COVID and the restrictions, um, we just thought that people wouldn't really enjoy that aspect of it. So we definitely saved some money there. That's great. What ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? This is so hard. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people were questioning our decision not to do a first look. I know it can be super helpful, but we ended up doing a first touch. Um, I tend to get very nervous, so I kind of just wanted to touch my husband's hand, and we did it behind a wall so we did not see each other but we talked to each other before everything and were able to hold each other's hand um, and it just made that moment of being in the wedding pavilion when the doors opened and he saw me for the first time like really special and I have to say Tower of Terror in Hollywood Studios that like it's that's another really awesome memory um, I rode Tower of Terror in my wedding dress I feel like that's just going to be something I brag about for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> we got two really great group photos of our entire wedding party on the ride too, which is awesome. So we'll have that memory forever. <laughs> That's great. Now, did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? The weather, <laughs> <laughs> tropical storm, hurricane, uh, really humid, but 
I credit everybody who told me that rain on your wedding day is good luck because um, somehow I pulled up to the wedding pavilion in the limo and the rain stopped. So I got out just in time. But, you know, I think weather and weddings is just a toss up no matter what. So other than that, the one minor thing which ended up being working out was for our unity ceremony, making the peanut butter and jelly. We were supposed to have milk and (laughs) my mother forgot to get the milk that morning. So we ended up using water to wash it down, which definitely ended up being better because I don't I don't drink like dairy milk so it was just it was kind of a blessing in disguise (laughs) now is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now um the one thing that we talk about uh, me and my husband is that we wish we ate more food or like we're more mindful of like we need to eat this food that we put so much thought into picking and you know we we're put into a little room by ourselves to eat some of our hors d'oeuvres and we only got like a little plate and we wish we had asked for more of that, but that's totally on us. We just like, didn't think to ask. Um, so definitely wish we ate more. (laughs) Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney couples, perhaps people whose weddings are coming up during the COVID-19 restrictions and they're wondering, you know, should I go through with it? Should I postpone again? I mean, we went for it. I think just not knowing the way things are going to play out and timelines and when things will change. I think I would say go for it. I think Disney did a really awesome job with accommodating everything and trying to stick to our original plan. Um, My biggest advice would be to ask anything. There are no stupid questions. I thought I had a million of them, but they ended up having an answer and I'm so glad I asked whatever I needed to ask and then my tip would be I don't think I realized how important the BEO was that thing is just filled with literally every detail of your day and of each event and I think I must have went through it with a fine-tooth comb I don't know, upwards of 20 times. And I would pick up on the smallest things, like somebody's name was spelled wrong. Um, But I pointed it out and everything got fixed. But I would just say, really pay attention to that document. And if it's not in there and you think it should be and you want it to be a part of your day, then I would definitely bring it up. But yeah, that's definitely a very important piece of the planning process. (laughs) I agree. Well, Alex, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I think you've offered a lot of great advice and tips for anyone who's planning a wedding at Walt Disney World, especially if they're looking at maybe having some of these COVID-19 restrictions in place. And I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you. This was awesome. I'm glad to have uh, to have helped and your podcast helped me. So I hope I was helpful to someone else. <laughs> That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at disneyweddingpodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, disneyweddingpodcast.com. 
And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com.